Hello, Michigan State fans, and welcome to the Michigan State bi-week edition of the Press Quarters podcast. I'm Andrew Bell, joined as always by Ronnie Plazinski. Um, we're going to talk about really just Michigan State's seventh straight win, uh, this time over Indiana in the battle for the brass platoon. Uh, talk about kind of where we see the team and the program mid-season, maybe get into this, you know, Mel Tucker LSU conversation. And we're really going to save the Michigan game for for next week. We're going to dedicate the entire podcast, nothing but the MSU, U of M, likely top 10 battle for the first time since, I don't know, 1958 or whatever it is. Um, so we're going to save all the rivalry stuff for next week. For now, Ronnie, um, MSU uh, escapes Bloomington with a 20 to 15 win is that is that a fair statement with the way the defense controlled the fourth quarter or maybe you know the fact that the you know second longest pay, play from scrimmage was a throw back to the quarterback uh how, how are you how are you feeling about uh about the win this past weekend yeah as that's you know I don't want to say escaped because I think they took the game it wasn't uh I mean it was a game that you know we had thought we were going to do a little better and, and it was one of those games where things didn't go our way, right? Like, you know, early in that game, the game takes an entire different, you know, makeup. If Jaden Reed catches that, you know, wide open touchdown pass earlier, they're not going to be able to key it. You know, that would have blown the game in a completely different way. And instead, you know, we have drops. I mean, that was something we'll get into, but the drops all around the field. But I, I, what was really exciting to see, and we're not saying Indiana is a great offensive team, obviously, as we said before, but I did think Tuttle was better than I expected him to be. But I thought the defense played so well. They've continued to get better. I think it's something we've touched on that, you know, all of Michigan State's defensive backs, you know, a majority are you know, some of the first years playing, like Ronald Williams, first year at cornerback, Marquis Lowry's a redshirt freshman. And they just, the defense just continues to get better. And when the offense for the first time failed the defense this time, you know, the off, the defense had some grit, had some composure and really came out and won that game. So escapes Bloomington. Sure. But I mean, really, I thought they, they stepped up when they needed to. I, I mean, we had talked about it last week. We thought the team was tired seven games in a row without really any weeks off. Those are games you have to win. People forget, you know, 2002 Ohio state won a national championship. Uh, and I'm not saying we're going to win a national championships, but there was games where they were eking out against Purdue 16 to 13. And so when you look at the, you know, the grand scheme of things, those are games you got to come out with a way to win. And I think Indiana's a lot better than their two and four record. I think that's the best defensive backfield Michigan state's going to play outside of maybe Penn state. I was pretty impressed with their defense and, and what they were able to do. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly a, uh, that's certainly one way to, um, to look at it. I mean, I, I, I honestly agree. My take was that um, this was a kind of a proving ground for the defense um, where I felt um, they really showed that they could play at a championship level. Uh, this is really the second time I think the the, the defense had, um, uh, had to step up. The other time was the second half against Nebraska. Um, where it was really the offense had had completely been shut down, and maybe that's something we can talk about. Uh, you know, if the big plays aren't hitting, this offense really isn't um, really isn't capable on going on that you know ten play consistently good play drive to to get that um, uh, to to get touchdowns or production, um, which is a little disconcerting. But honestly, this game was, I left this game feeling actually better about the team overall because the defense came to play again when called upon. And, you know, I, I, I think I'm with you. Um, it's really, really, really frustrating to watch uh, the team give up third downs again and again and again. Um, but that's just what this defense is. It's a bend, don't break. Um as frustrating as that is, and um, you know, understanding that likely the the other team's going to make mistakes before you will, and um, you know, it, look, they're they're giving up, um, you know, kind of nothing per game. I mean, sixteen and a half points per game. I think overall, I think they're giving up like eighteen points in the Big Ten or something like that. I mean, you're going to win a lot of games like that. Actually, I think no, I take that back. I think they're giving up sixteen points a game in the Big Ten, and you're going to win every game like they have. Um, honestly, um, just a great. I mean, just just a really interesting um, dynamic and in, in, in one that I wouldn't have expected. Um, 
you know, from the D'Antonio area. I think I've got some PTSD from from D'Antonio. Um, not because of the offense, but because I'm I'm so used to the defense not giving up anything, and that and that being how um, you know how State prevails. So uh, certainly something to get used to. I mean, I, 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 I honestly I came away feeling like okay, you know what, the the offense will get it back together sooner rather than later, and um, this was really about the defense showing that it can. Um, you know, it, it can answer the bell. So I don't know. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 am I, I too I've, homerish there? Am I, you know, a little too, I, I don't know. Am I, what do you think? No, I think, I think that was, I think that's really fair. I, I, what I really liked and, and something, you know, I, I did like, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I, I really did like going for the kill shot at the end of the game. Now, the mo- the too. thing you can't do, too. you can't, the thing you can't do is under throw a receiver and get an interception. Right. Uh, so that was that was really like a devastating moment, and I I sat there. I was like, "This is how you lose a game." Like, you know, this was this is stupid. This is upsetting. The defense just came back out confidence, and someone that we have we've actually for multiple years before this have really been hard on, who has really completely you know changed who I think he is as a player. And I know we talked Jacob a little Banshee. bit about him today. Is, is 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 the panty? Like he is he the is panty. amazing. He is amazing. He he's getting pressure. It's just something I didn't see in him. You know, this is a kid. Remember who tweeted like, and and you know, in a moment of fire because he was just defending his coach that he wasn't going to be back. You know, because of not hiring Bulla. Bulla. He gets you know he gets COVID last year, and he's really come out and done such a nice job. I think he leads the nation in QB pressures. He's all yeah, over the he field. He's getting absolutely dogged by the refs with some of these late hits he's getting. I mean, that sack he had on Tuttle, I'm sorry. What do you want the kid to do? Tuttle jumped right. into him. Like, is he supposed to carry him off the field? Like, oh, sorry, brother. So he's been great. The defensive line, like we thought, was going to be great. I mean, Barrow, I mean, Slade is everywhere. I mean, it's just been really impressive. Um, the defense as a whole. And Cal Halliday, can't say enough about the kid. You don't need gloves to catch, apparently, because – he is just doing everything. I mean, I, I bet you he wouldn't wear shoulder pads if they didn't make him. Like he is just an animal out there. I mean, it's been it's been very impressive. But I, I think we should talk a little about the defensive backs getting better. And you can talk about it from a football standpoint. What have you seen from them from the first week where Ronald Williams kind of looked like a turnstile versus now where he looks like he has some moxie making plays? Kimbrough obviously has that huge corner blitz strip sack where he recovers his own fumble. It seems like they're re- even really improving. Henderson is what he is. I think Gross is improving. That's a really positive development. And I know you had a stat for us on deficient efficiency versus numbers, and I'll let you get into that a little more. Yeah. Um, so what, what? probably the most impressive stat, and, and I want to – I think I was a little – scatterbrained here because it's later at night and my my kid had woken up in the right before we started <laughs> recording and um so i need to take a breath here but let, let, let me focus in on this um i i feel like there's enough skill talent on the offense that they are not going to consistently be shut down game to game they can have off games or off halves but they're going they're going to put up some points they're going to be they're going to be a presence so really what you need is just consistency on the defense to give them either enough chances or to keep the score close enough for, for those skill positions to break through. Um, and I think what really encouraged me now, now I'm looking across the, kind of across the season and I'm seeing, okay, 21 points Northwestern, but you know, he gave up the touchdown kind of late to make it that um, 17 points against Miami. Um 13 points against Rutgers, 15 points against Indiana, 20 points against Nebraska. And how many times have we said, all you need is just a barely competent offense with this defense, referring to the D'Antonio defenses. And, and here we are with, with a defense that's giving up about, I think, 17 points a game overall, maybe 18.3. Um, you give up 18, you know, somewhere between 17 and 20 points a game, you're going to win most of your college football games. You know, it's not a Georgia defense. I'm not going to protect. I mean, I think like pro football focus or someone said that, you know, uh, state's defense is ranked in the top 10. I, I don't know how they quite analyze that stuff. Um yeah, it but, said there was two teams. There was said there was two teams with a top ten offense and a top ten defense, and it was your Bulldogs and your Spartans. Yeah, and um, I look. I, I watched Georgia play Kentucky. Um, that team's insane. I mean, they are 
absolutely bonkers good um fun to watch too quite frankly i really enjoy watching georgia football um but my concern all year had kind of been the defense because i think i was a little slow to come around on the defensive philosophy of ben don't break um because my assumption i think from watching d'antonio teams is usually if the opponent does get in the red zone they score but they would get in the red zone so infrequently it, it didn't really make a difference um so here you have kind of the opposite approach where um, especially against more spread offenses and the field condenses, uh, MSU's speed in the back seven um, allows them to cover enough ground where where it's rare to get a touchdown against them. Um, and th- they're going to make you trade touchdowns for field goals. And after a couple rounds of that, all of a sudden it's you know it's you know twenty four to ten. You're down two touchdowns and, or twenty four thirteen or something like that. And and the pressure's on. You know, so so on the defense, and I know people are frustrated with oh the pass defense, the corners they seem to give up so much. Um, MSU has faced the most passes in the country, I think three hundred and twenty nine, um, but they are eighteenth nationally in yards per pass given up. So if you think about yard per pass attempt, that's you know we talk about on on um, for for quarterbacks offensively. You know, in a downfield throwing system, you want to see at least seven and a half yards, seven minimal, but really seven and a half to have like a solid quarterback, anything over eight, and, and you've got a good downfield passing game. Thorne, by the way, even after that disastrous performance against Indiana is at like 9.3. So just kind of tells you how good he's been. Um, so so Ronnie, the, the, the key here is that even though MSU has been thrown on more than any other team in the country, teams aren't getting much against them. And I think they've got like the... Tw- 21st or 26th ranked run defense on top of this. So teams really aren't getting on a per play basis that many yards. The problem is, is that because the third down defense is really not good, I think they're 80th in the country or 79th at like 39.8%, about 40% given up. That's not good by any margin. Opponents are just on the, they're, they're getting 12 yards on out of three plays, you know, and, and eventually they get behind the chains and eventually, you know, they, they get off the field or, or by that point they're down in field goal range to kick a field goal. Um, but I don't really care about the yardage defense as much as I do the efficiency defense. And when you take into account the yards per pass attempt, I think they've given up nine touchdowns and gotten six or seven interceptions. They're actually 29th in pass defense and 120 or in pass efficiency defense and 121st in pass yardage. I, I'll take that all day. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, Indiana threw 53 times and didn't even get 200 yards. Yeah, from what we thought the back seven was going to be, I mean, it has been maybe the most pleasant surprise. And that is not saying we, did, you know, we came into the season not knowing who was starting at cornerback. Um, I mean, one of the starters is no longer with the team. And we came into the season not knowing who was going to be playing the nickel, the linebacker. So when we were talking about the back seven, we were extremely concerned. I mean, this is as good as it could have been, right? Like, I don't see in any there was there's no better scenario than what has happened this year. And, and it's really a testament, I think, to Harlan Barnett and Scotty Hazleton. I mean, it's very impressive what they've done. You know, a lot of these kids are transfers um, and, and just the i mean i've i've just seen with the naked eye the stats tell the same story but ronald williams looks more confident you know he looks like he's looking back you know a little more for the ball i mean are they playing a little handsy maybe that's you know neither here nor there i, I feel like there's they've been a little too generous with pass interference calls but it just looks like they the players from game 1 to now have gotten so much better and feel much more comfortable in the scheme that just bodes well for this year and it bodes well for the future. And and, I mean, it's something that I don't think either of us expected to happen. And and I think that's part of the reason Michigan state is seven and oh, everyone seems to dog the defense. The numbers you just, you know, laid out means the defense has been more than holding their own. Yeah. I mean, so, so let's talk about, um, let's talk about them gaining confidence because I think that's exactly right. I I'll tell you what the most impressive thing to me was, was the fourth quarter, Indiana ran 25 plays. Do you know how many yards they gained? Did you see this? I did not see this, but I know they got sacked multiple times. I can't yeah. believe it's many. 32 yards in 25 plays. Is that good? Are you being sarcastic? No, obviously. It's bad. Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that, I mean, that's incredible. And even though that's you know, the Antonio's 2016 offense right there. 
Well, no, it's D'Antonio's 2013 defense a, a level of play. Honestly, it really was. It was very impressive. And to hold, hold Freifogel down, I mean, Indiana could not get anything downfield. And I agree, the pass interference calls were pretty weak, and the refereeing crew was atrocious. And I feel, you know what, Panashuk does have a reputation for playing beyond the whistle that he developed over the last couple of years that was earned, and now it's actually hurting him. He's kind of getting the Al Anagania t- treatment. And it really makes me mad because he really is having a, I wouldn't say a special season yet, but he is having a excellent season. He's, um, we'll see how the last five games go. He could be in, I mean, he leads the big 10 in sacks, five and a half sacks. He's not, I mean, he's he really got an all American. Yeah. From, from the athletic, team. you know, was it sec? Oh yeah. Him and him Great. and Henderson were, th- I actually, I think they were third team walkers on the first team. I'm sorry, but yeah, no, I mean, right. He, he's just been he's been fantastic. Slade has really been fantastic. I mean, listen, you tell me they lose Beasley and Jalen Hunt, and they're still producing this kind of QB pressure, this kind of sack generation. I mean, I remember before the year we were talking about we did not have an edge rush presence, and now we've lost the one guy we thought we could rely on. And you know, Drew Jordan is getting better. Um, you know, Piotrowski is just going to be a Marcus Rush type guy where everyone's like, that guy's still there. I mean, it's been really impressive what they've done with guys that, you know, we did not see. I mean, did we know about Piotrowski? Sure. Did we know about Panashuk? Sure. You tell us this is our starting defensive line at the beginning of the season when we did this first podcast. I think we would be like, oh, we'll probably be four and three. So, I mean, this has been extremely impressive. And I, and I think it's a lot of coaching and I think it's a lot of just buying in and it's it's really exciting. Yeah, I I'm I'm very encouraged by that. How, how about Matt Coughlin? I where did this kid get this leg? Like I, I mean, it might be the strength and conditioning class. It, I I don't know. Like he's putting every ball into the end zone. I mean, he wasn't even allowed to kick off his first two years. It, it, couple that with now he's putting every ball in the end zone. He's hitting fifty three yarders into the freaking wind. Like he won us that game. Someone that, you know, I don't think, like, we, we, we will be completely honest, we, he wasn't the biggest fan favorite, especially with us. But he has done, you know, probably the best job that he could do coming back. And, it, it, you know, I, I am shocked I am saying this. It is a real blessing he came back because, I mean, he won us that game. Plain and simple. When nothing could get going, he was making huge kicks that, I mean, I, when they lined up for that 53-yarder, I was like, what are we doing here? Like, this cannot be the option. It was 51. 51, excuse me. Still, I mean, it's, it's anything over 50 is, is incredible. Into and, the wind. Uh, into the wind. Into the wind. And so yeah, very I, impressive. Well, and I think that goes back to tell you, I mean, there certainly is the offensive skill talent. I think probably the, the one thing that's concerning, because, I, I, again, I was, I was largely very – I mean, I was basically super encouraged by everything that happened. Um, the offensive line's a concern. I think yes. at this point, yes. I think, I think they have faced two, one very talented, if undisciplined front in Miami and were stymied, I think for the most part until, um, uh, you know, uh, I, no, thought, no, 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 I thought no, no, Walker first, had his time. No, no, he, he did. And once they started backing him off with quick throws and things like that, um, absolutely. Then in that case, absolutely. But, um, but after that, you know, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not finding, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see them as playing it. That's the one unit. I've seen just about everyone else on this roster, every other position group, play at a championship level except for the offensive line against decent opponents. I think the offensive line is better than last year. Um, sure. I definitely, definitely, and I think it's average, but I think that's just what it is. And, and uh, my question, and something that, you know, we're playing two offensive line units. And actually, our, our running seems to get. I mean, I, Walker's running did get better in the fourth quarter. His yards. I mean, he had like I think it was like five yards, five like a bunch of five yard games, which is good. No long breaks in this game, which we talk about is important. I wonder if you know that helps in the fourth quarter. But at the same time, do you think the lack of continuity hurts the offensive line? Yes. Like just because they're just like switching too much. But at the same time, do you just go to a five man unit and then tire those guys out? I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah, I mean, my preference would all, is always going to be to keep one unit out there. I think you gain. Um, I, I just think you um, you need that continuity and chemistry. I mean, I get that. I get that they're you know they're pulling it off with these two units, and quite frankly, I think the second unit's probably doing a better job than the first unit overall. Which they is are. Kind of they absolutely. They absolutely are. That's the it, issue. Like, how can you just go? 
we, you know, with Horse, who's committing some stupid penalties. I mean, he's probably your best offensive lineman when it comes to a pure talent standpoint. But I mean, like, you know, you got weird snaps by, you know, uh, Nick Samak, who I think is better than Allen. I mean, it's just, it's tough to put someone on the bench, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I think you're, you know, the big, the big question I had was, was this a, was the offensive were the offensive line problems over the last few years? Were they a Jimmy and Joe or an X's and O's problem? And it turns out they were both, um, honestly, because I, I just don't think there's a lot of talent on that um, uh, on that offensive line group. I mean, at some point, you just kind of are what you are. You know, Nebraska. You know, any defensive line that's physical and wants to attack them, they kind of whimper. Um, I don't see them in, you know, imposing their will on just about anyone, you know, maybe the end of maybe the end of the Miami game um, and, you know, Rutgers fine. Um, but, you know, cause I, um, Walker had five yards of carry outside that giant run. I mean, that's good, but I mean, you, do, do you really want to hang your, your offensive line to hang their hat on Rutgers? Um, so I, you know, by weeks, a chance to get better. Who knows who's dealing with lingering injuries or, or anything like that. But um, you know, that's probably the one negative I took away from the game more than anything else. Like it, Peyton Thorne's always going to be a work in progress and young quarterbacks are never, never have lineal development. I mean, Kirk Cousins is a, is a redshirt sophomore in his the equivalent of Thorne's experience. I mean, do you remember that Notre Dame game? The Notre Dame game, he throws the pick. He's in Halloween night. He's skipping rocks on third and 10. Like, I, I mean, yeah. It, against, it, against Miami. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, uh, on Halloween night, he was uh, – it was Minnesota, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. I yeah, he, Miami. He, yes. he, yeah, they were running in Keith Nickel. Like, I mean, that was just ridiculous. So remember, like, there was a QB battle. People forget how good Thorne is playing. Did Thorne have his best game? Absolutely not. But I do think – and this is something – I don't know if the receivers were reading their press clippings, but I, I've always been concerned with Naylor's, like, ability to catch in traffic when he's, like, worried about getting hit. I mean, the drops in this game were so bad. They couldn't. They wouldn't give Thorne anything. Uh, I mean, I, I was really disappointed in the drafts. I mean, I have decided Jalen Naylor can't catch a cold, can't catch COVID if he's in the middle of traffic. Like, it is that. It is that. Like, he is just dropping balls that you can't drop when your offense is struggling. I mean, Mosley had one. Reed had one. Hayward had one. I mean, at that point, there's so many you can do. I mean, Peyton Thorne's first interception is I. Uh, it's yeah. on Mosley. Hit him in the numbers, and the, you know the ball. The, it was in traffic, never- though. It was in traffic, and there was another. The another guy was open on the double slant. It, it doesn't matter. He hit the guy. He did. He hit. He, it, he hit him in his chest. Like, uh, sure, could he have thrown somewhere else? Yeah, but if you hit an op- if you hit a guy in the chest, it's on that guy. So I mean, I, I the Thorn. Pl- I, I agree. Think the, I agree. The, the interception at the end of the game was absolutely his fault, but. I thought Thornton played poised. I mean, I, I thought he he battled through something, but there was nothing there. I mean, look at Jaden Reed's like we talked about earlier. Jaden Reed hits that guy. He hits Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed catches that ball, which he should have. That's a touchdown. That game is completely different. So, I mean, I thought Thorne's receivers didn't bail him out, but he stuck with it and also made the best freaking catch of the whole game. <laughs> Holy right. crap. That was awesome, right? I mean, it's kind of fun. And, and I, we were talking about that before we kicked off the podcast kind of some teams just have special seasons. And when you're, when your quarterback is catching, um, you know, passes in tr- double coverage um, that are thrown by, you see this Tyler hunt is actually left-handed and he threw it with his right hand. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah, I did see that, but I also heard that he normally, so he writes left, but normally throws right. Oh, so he's so ambidextrous. He is, he is Drew Neitzel, but it, it, was Neitzel. Less ex, it was less exciting when I heard that. But either way, still amazing. Off his back foot with McFadden, this amazing linebacker bailing. That was crazy. You know, in credit Thorne, I mean, one time he was scrambling. He caught McFadden flat-footed. I mean, juked him out of his, his jock, and, and that's, a good, that's a good linebacker. I mean, look, Thor, Thorne, is, Thorne is a good player. He, he is a young player. He's only going to get better, and I'll tell you right now, he's playing better as a redshirt sophomore uh, than, than Cousins ever did. And Absolutely, and Cook. You know, no, Cook, I mean, yeah. No, I and guess. Cook was not good. Cook was not Cook until after the Michigan game, honestly. That's true. Uh, no, he, he had that five touchdowns, and then he had that good game against Iowa that really took him off. You know, really got him going. Um, I, 
I just think Thorne is a people people that are that are bagging Thorne right now are are kind of off their rocker. I mean, completely I, 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 foolish. Yeah, I mean, look, look. If he struggles against Michigan, you know, maybe then you've got a uh, you know uh, something to stake a stake uh, shake a stick at. But for right now, I I really I really think he's a. Uh, I mean, he's just a plus player. I mean, he looks around, he tries to make plays. I agree the 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 um, attempt to seal seal the win was. Um, ill-advised it can't happen it can't happen but you know what i think about thorn it won't happen again i I feel like he really learns from his mistakes okay well i mean we'll see i mean i i think overall i so i i guess take away from the indiana game uh defense is for real uh and it it, it can play this system as well as anyone or as as well as could be except expected and um the secondary is improving bit by bit. And uh, yeah, I mean, what else do we want to talk about? I mean, this is, you know, the offense is, is you know, the talent's there. It's just a matter of time, right? It, um, completely. And remember, we talked about this is a tired team going into their seventh game in a row. Look how many teams had bye weeks last week. Pretty much everyone. And, you know, a lot of people are bitching about, a, excuse me, a lot of people are complaining <laughs> about a win against Indiana. Um, when you could have been Iowa going out there and laying an egg at your home field to Purdue, a lot of teams lost, right? So you 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 won a game on the road in the Big Ten against a team who I believe is better than their record from what I saw out of them. And uh, if you go back and watch that Cincinnati game, they looked good in that game too. They probably should have beat Cincinnati. So uh, and they just didn't score in the red zone and whatever. So I mean, you're talking about you won a game on the road against a team who is playing for their season, coming off a bye. When you were tired, now you get into this bye week where you get to rest, you get to completely reshift focus and play these five games that mean everything. I don't know how long Andrew and I have said for the, probably the last three weeks, honestly, that you need to get through the next three weeks to get to, for the season to mean everything, and 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 they did it. And now, anything it's all on the table here. You can have a special season. You can, you know, your ceiling has changed from an eight and four to an 11 and one possibility. I mean, is that likely? Probably not, but it's there. And that's a really exciting thing to talk about. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I I don't know what else you can, you can possibly ask for right now. I mean, this is just a good, this is just a, um, it's an undefeated good team. I mean, what, what, what do you want to say? It's not, is it perfect? No. Are we seeing progress from last season? Yeah. Um, you know, recruiting's up. I mean, there's a reason all this, these LSU rumors are floating around, which I hate because, um, let's talk about it. Let's uh, wrap on that. All right. Let's wrap on that because everyone wants to hear, I'm sure they want to hear your opinion. Um, so obviously, I mean, mental state is waiting to hear your opinion. He's probably excited about it. (laughs) No, my, my, my my opinion is that I'll I'll just, I'll just say, I don't think he's a real candidate. I think there is a, an, a very real element in the media, the same one that maybe puts a team that's in maize and blue on ESPN scroller among the other top 25 teams, even though they're not top 25 yet. Um, and you know, the preseason, you know, the, the mid season all American team happens to feature not a team with two or three all Americans, but one, um, there's definitely an element that doesn't like to see MSU succeed. Um, and I think a lot of them thought their long national nightmare was over with D'Antonio, and now here comes Tucker, you know, I think probably arguably, you know, mid-season coach of the year, um, right up there with probably Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. But I, I really think Tucker, with with the only one with the top 10 team, unexpected, um, is really leading the charge. And I think people are going, oh, no, they didn't just sink back to mediocrity. Um, you know, I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist, but I, I've read enough of the Detroit papers for, yeah. you know, a long time. Look, there's clearly a blue wall. And the second somebody wants to say anything negative about MSU. Oh, 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 let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's echo chamber, echo chamber. And then, you know, before, you know, seven sources are reporting Tucker's leading for the LSU. It all traces back to, the, I think, the Bruce Feldman tweet. No one else is really picking this up. Um, no, he's not going to LSU. 
it it's is just a, not the, it's, it's not the no. right time. It's just not the right time. I, so he wouldn't want to leave after a year. Uh, can LSU, listen, LSU plays pays Ed Orgeron the second most in college football. So is LSU a top five job? Job absolutely. Did they just fire a coach who won a national championship eighteen months ago? I don't care what you're going to say about Ed. I don't care if they're like you know he did this with this booster's wife or no. They didn't want him there. They didn't like him there, and they're going to find any excuse to get rid of him. So I mean, Tucker's going to see that. You know, there is some, you know, bias in this. I don't think they want him. I think that, but I think they're crazy not to at least look at him. And I think this is not going to be the first time this happens with Mel, because when you succeed, this is a good problem to have. You want people coveting your coach. You don't want people not wanting your coach. You know, when D'Antonio was talked to by Texas, everyone was so upset and, you know, he didn't go, obviously. But, I mean, you want people to covet your coach. You want the Cleveland Calvin Cavaliers to go all out at Izzo. You know, so this is a good thing for Michigan well, State now. You, wait, 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 wait. You want that to happen, and then you want them to say no. Yes, let's, right, let's right. No, you want them to say no. But I, this is, And I think there's a lot of hand-wringing from Michigan State uh, fans over an offshore betting website switching some odds up. And honestly, like this isn't 1999. You know, Michigan State is playing Mel Tucker, the 13th highest paid coach in the country. That is over Jim Harbaugh. That is third in the Big Ten. I mean, that's that's a significant financial commitment to him and his staff. This isn't like Colorado where he's getting paid, you know, penny. He was literally getting pennies and his staff got like national park for yearly passes. That was the compensation they were getting at Colorado. Are you so, serious? Like, this, no, I'm kidding. But I'm just oh. I'm just saying. Like I mean, it's like I, no I, one. I mean, I believed it. You believed it, right. No, I mean <laughs> <laughs> like there the, the compensation is just so different and I, I, Alan Haller is his guy. He likes Alan Haller. He advocated for him to be the AD. Um, he likes Tom Izzo. They have everything he wants there. Now, do I think this is going to force him into a contrast extension at the end of the year? Absolutely. But I think that's okay. I don't think any, this isn't a Charlie Weiss situation. I think we like Mel Tucker. But I do think that it, it's something that's going to happen now. And he's a smart guy. He's going to definitely pay this into more money, which is fine. You know what? Pay him. It's fine. Don't you want to be a big boy? You want to be a big boy, you pay the big boy. You pay the coaches. You, you pay him what he needs, and then you, you go with it. And then then you know what? When the NFL comes to get him and he wants to go, then that you tip your cap, but it's not going to be another college. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna riff on that um for a second here, at least. The um I I, I think the other thing is you do want them to say no. Again, I want. I want. I, I, I cannot. I can't. I cannot emphasize that enough. It's a pretty big part of this. Yeah. Um, but that, um, you know, separate and apart from that, there's a, um, you know, there's this sentiment that that state won't, you know, man up for their coach, or you know, that the, that the school's cheap, and and you've really got an opportunity to show that that's not the case here. Right. And, um, you know, they, they, they came up with money for D'Antonio when he did a good job. Um, and they should have, and, and they absolutely should have. So, um, you know, do they give them 6 million? Six I'm, a, half, I'm a, seven. I'm very, I'm very much at making him a top five pay coach. I don't yeah. care. Uh, you, you have like, and I'm so sick of hearing, we don't have the money for that. People are so like penny smart, but dollar foolish. People really don't realize that the football team makes the school. It increases your likability, increases your admissions. It increases everything benefits when you have a winning football or basketball program. Um, it, winning makes the school. It improves the school. So, And the TV money that Michigan State gets, if you have the right guy, we're not Ohio State, right? We, we're not going to just go out and get – you know, the next best thing coming up, like there's going to be a bunch of bunch of coaches coming through. Now we are lucky enough to have a Saban coaching tree to have a D'Antonio coaching tree, someone who's succeeding. I don't think it's foolish to extend that man because at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, I, I think at the very worst, Tucker is going to be an eight and four win coach. Eight and four is good for Michigan state. We, and when you can cycle up and win 10 games in a few years, I think you make that financial commitment. You have the cash. You are in the highest paid conference in the country. You have you have two billionaires literally fighting over which one is going to sponsor the team more. And oh wait, you have Magic Johnson who owns five percent of the Lakers, who will definitely financially commit money. You have the cash. Don't be cheap. Play the game. Play the game. Buy the Ooh. wins. 
Give him what he wants. Give oh. the man what he wants. But you know what? I also think Tucker likes that there's stadium updates coming. You know, he's going to get more money. And he's a, what he gets here is time, right? We didn't fire D'Antonio. We were never going to fire D'Antonio. Izzo, we've had two basketball coaches in 40 freaking years. It's a good place to be because we will give you time and there is continuity. Have we fired football coaches? John Smith slips. Smith slapped himself in a game. Bobby Williams said that. <laughs> Bobby Williams literally said he lost the team. Like, yes, we do fire coaches, but because they deserve it. Well said, Ronnie. Did you practice this before we got on? This is no. But this is my dad great. and I have been. I've been freaking out with my dad about it. Like, I'm just like, this is so annoying, and it's so Michigan driven. I love it. This is great. I'm so, and it is though. It really is. There, there is a, a fearful element amongst the amongst the maize and blue that. Um, you know, it's not over, that it'll never be over. And it really is just getting started. Um, I mean, Ooh, I like it, that. It, I mean, honestly, because because here's the thing, D'Antonio did lay a foundation and there's a winning history there. And it was slipping a little bit towards the end. But now, now you have all the press, you have all of the, um, you have all this, you know, kind of goodwill that, um, you know, the season so far has brought, and I think that brings the Michigan game into, um, you know, kind of into focus, obviously, um, because that, that is so, that is such an important game now, um, for perception, but also, um, let's be, you know, let's be, let's be real here. I, I, I'm with you that they need to, that they need to come to, you know, they need to come to play with this, but, um, man, I, I gotta tell you, this could be a real, uh, <sighs> if you have the money to make the commitment, make the commitment because even, even if ultimately he leaves, you've shown the next coach that you're going to commit. And maybe it's not, you know, you know, maybe it's not the next Antonio, maybe it's the next, who knows, whatever. Um, But you know, state's not, not the stepping stone that it was 15 years ago when say, or 20, whatever, 20 years ago, Saban, 22 years ago, Saban was there. Yeah. And that remember, remember, Saban did not have every all the ducks in order. McPherson and him did not get along. Uh, I mean, Izzo says to this day, Saban would have been our coach if he was on campus. He happened to be out uh, recruiting, and you know, Saban wanted to come back after he took the job. Apparently, so I mean, like L- when he wanted to after after LSU. Yes, like he, when he hadn't gotten there, he didn't like something like he didn't like what he saw back there, and he really wanted to come back after he had said he took the job. Like he was like sad. He wa- so I mean, we have everybody in lockstep, right? Like it's not like Alan Haller and Mel Tucker don't like each other. I mean, those two are probably like having a beer right now, like laughing. Like we will get our we will get our turn at the plate. So long as the financial commitment from the bo- boosters is there, I I have no doubt that we will step up to the plate. Now, how much money that is? I don't know. I mean, there's one job. There are two jobs, really, I, I'm, I think Tucker would take no matter what. And I think that's Alabama and Georgia. I don't think those jobs come out open very often. You think and over I, Ohio State? I don't think he would go to Ohio State. Not if you make him a top five pay coach. You're going to be pay- – if you, he's a top five pay coach, he's making he would, more money he, than Ryan Day. He, he, he would leave. He would leave here for Ohio State. Let's be, I don't let's, agree. Let's, I don't agree. You're, you, you could not agree, but you're wrong. I mean, that's – I don't. I just don't think so. I don't think if you're established, let's say, because uh, that job's not coming over anytime soon. And if it did, I believe it's Luke Fickles, right? So, but it, let, I think if let's say Tucker's here five years, he have his has his interest infrastructures. He's winning. I, I I don't think you move for Ohio State, but maybe you do. I mean, that right? Ohio State's a top three job. I think we would agree. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, then maybe USC are the top four jobs. I don't know. And then Texas? Uh, no, I see. see and, and, here, and here, it depends on who, 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 what Mel really wants in his life. I mean, he's bounced around a lot. I mean, he hasn't, I don't think he's been played anywhere more than three years. Right. Um, and his kids are now in their like 14 and 16 or 12 and 14. They're getting that about to go to college. We're about to get through, you know, both into high school. And um, there's a lot to be said about stability. And I think, I think you're right to point out that MSU is not, I mean, in the have and have not states firmly in the haves. And I, I think, I think not enough people recognize that. I think that just because they're not Ohio state or Penn state, they assume that they're a have not, but, but states, you know, top 20 in revenue, I think 13th in revenue. Um, you know, LSU, I think is eighth or something like that. You know, they're up there, 
but you know, state's not that far behind. You know, and the Big Ten Network makes them one of the richest programs in the country. Um, and they are look. D'Antonio showed the world. Saban first showed it. You know, you can have a good season here in the modern age. I guess what was becoming the modern age. D'Antonio showed you could have you could be more than a flash in the pan. And 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 now you've got fifteen plus years of winning football. Um, plus a plus a hundred million dollar facility coming down the pipe. Well, and I'm I'm reading articles even even on ESPN where it talks about you know the Big Ten. If focus turns to the Big Ten East, where you've got the three traditional programs and plus an, an what, what now it says often relevant Michigan State program. <laughs> Which, what a bunch of assholes! Well, How no, many of them have been in the college football freaking playoffs? Well, no, 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 no. But, but 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 think think about where think about how far it's states come to even be called often relevant. And yeah. to be like, yeah, you know what? Often state is relevant. You know, they've been ranked, I think, in like uh, 10 of the past 12 seasons. Um, I, I'd have to go back and check really because they were ranked at the beginning of 2016. They certainly got ranked in 2017. Um, and they were they were at the beginning of 18. Um, I mean, this is a team that, that has a reputation outside of the state of Michigan as being a, a, a pretty tough outfit. And... For Tucker to take the roster, you know, COVID, whatever, in a D'Antonio era, um, you can say what you will and say, hey, we're here. I mean, look, look, it's a top 10 national ranking. You got a bye week, so you know the ranking's preserved. Um, you're going to be on every list. You're going to be in front of all the recruits. Um, and unlike unlike Colorado, where you're right, he was paid peanuts. He didn't have the support staff. He can really build something and make a name for himself. You stick it out five years here, win a Big Ten title, and you know you can name your price somewhere else. And there's a lot to be said about you know he wins ten games this year. He he, he gets three more seasons, no matter what. I think he's got three more seasons regardless. But but I mean, he, you know, ten wins at LSU is great. Okay, you, you went seven and five the next year. You better start you the next season five or oh, or you're done. Yes. And it's such a it's such a meat grinder. And do you really? I'll, I'll be honest. Do you really? And I'm all for you know everyone thinks they'll be their best, etc. Do you really want to be an LSU and Texas and Oklahoma join in the SEC in general? No. It's such a bloodbath. I mean, no one no one's going to be able to stay on top long enough to keep their job. You know, it, it's silly. I mean, look, look at Dan Mullen at Florida, who you know just last year with you know Kyle Trask and and uh, Kyle Pitts and all this other stuff. I mean, they got they they lost a shootout to L, to 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 the corpse of LSU. Yeah, it's it, and, and and when your job is on the line, those fans are obviously not patient. There's very little continuity in that conference outside of Nick Saban. I mean, really, I, I, and that's why why would you put yourself in that situation if you can be paid top fifteen money? And you have everything you want. You get the support staff, you get the patience, and you, I mean, truly you're at a conference that probably sets up better outside of those top two jobs, which is, you know, Alabama and Georgia, which are the safest jobs. Other than that, every every year you're up. I mean, listen, Ed O won a national title and has got fired. I, I, that is, that's insane to me. They got rid of Les Miles, who at the time was a top five coach in football. I mean, and like this is all a moot point because I don't actually think he's going to get the offer from LSU. The point is, it's more of a long term thing. People are going to knock on the door, and I, I, I believe you. If we, I, I believe, if, especially if he wins ten games this year, you financially step up, and then there's no knocks on the door. And even if they come, who's going to make him a top five paid coach? And then why would you leave when you have all this structure? Well, I think I, there's you know something you said about proving it, but he's already given it a, a whirl in the NFL, and it, we, we just saw, we're watching Urban Meyer absolutely crash and burn, um, Saban crash and burn in the NFL. There are some people that are just straight up college coaches. Um, you know, Tucker's time in the NFL did not go real well, right? I mean, no, he, no, he he's, not, a, he's not loved by the uh, Chicago Bears or yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars, but I will say. He has a lot of connections, a lot of respect there. Uh, apparently, Georgia players call him every year asking what his insight is on where they think they're going to be drafted, which that is something that's really a lot to say about Tucker's eye for A, talent, and B, NFL connections. So that's something to monitor as we go forward. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to um, – uh, th- th- look, look, there's just a lot to like. I mean, it, it, it's hard. It's no, – no one <laughs> – I mean, it, maybe there's some people that thought, okay, they could start seven and zero. I guess best case, I agreed. I guess you could start seven and zero. I thought realistically five and two at this point, 
and then win two of your last three or two of your last five to get to get to seven and seven and five on the years, kind of how I had in preseason. And, and, and so, I mean, let's talk about it. I mean, obviously the offense is, is more explosive. I mean, they've at least added explosive plays to the, to the, um, to the repertoire and, you know, credit Tucker for, I mean, honestly, I mean, he, I really think he's getting the most out of this roster. I just think there are, there are some real talent issues on the offensive line. At t- I mean, look, the, the tight end is a completely cobbled together position. That's um, no one, that's no one's fault. That's just no, no, not, no, Tucker, well, not Tucker's fault. No, it's, no. it's D'Antonio's fault. It's not Tucker's fault. No, no, absolutely. And the same, same with, um, you know, same with the offensive line, and, and that just takes time to get all, get those players. And, and, in. and the way they're recruiting in those areas are extremely strong. Like Tucker has gone out and had two fantastic offensive line classes, and some very good tight ends coming in. So he's addressing it. Those, like you said, take longer to figure out. Yeah, especially. I mean, I don't think people appreciate the the blocking um, aspect of the tight ends takes a couple of years to really settle in and, and Jack Nickel, the kid they, they're bringing in from Georgia at tight end is arguably the best blocking tight end in the class and they, they need him bad. I mean, p- part of the issue with, with, um, with Walker, you know, Hunt, Hunt isn't able to set the edge and, and Hayward is kind of inconsistent. Um, so when you have that, it, it, it's just harder. It just, it just makes it harder. You know, you're, you're, you're really getting by on, on the talent, the arm talent of Thorne and decision-making of Thorne and the, the raw athletic ability of the receivers and Walker. Um, you're not really seeing them blow open holes though. Granted his, his, his 95 yarder against, against Rutgers was a you know, great blocking up front. Um, and, and Hayward coming across and, and getting the, getting the backside seal. So maybe, maybe I'm a little, maybe I'm a little being a little harsh, um, and, and who knows we, we, the other thing, and, and we'll talk about this, kind of bring it kind of full circle with the Indiana game. I didn't really care if they won by one or seven or whatever the season comes down. If, if you, if you really want a big 10 title and this goes the difference between LSU and MSU, MSU, you, you just have to be the team that knocks off Ohio state, right? There's one game a year, one, one game, game a year, year to get to the college football playoff, and that's to be to, because I mean I, I'm not that's nothing against the Big Ten West or whatever I don't even know what it's called anymore. It's no offense, it's kind of irrelevant. Like I hate I'm not saying like you know Iowa can be good sometimes, but it just the winner is coming from the East, and if you beat Ohio State, you are going to the college football playoff, and that's what happened in 2015. One game, you don't. You're not going to get that, you know, Mississippi State game where they're going to get you sometimes. I mean, you could, but really, it's Ohio State. Yeah, and I, so I think the, um, excuse me. So I mean, so anyways, um, the fact, the fact, the fact, the same thing with with Rutgers or whatever. You just survive in advance. That's all. You, yes. You just you just need the win. That's all that really matters, and they got it, and now they get a chance. And I don't think they got any – there were no major injuries that you can recall, right? Not not from that game, no. I, I You know, Marquis Lowry, the way he came up limping, I didn't love it. Um, but other than that, you know, I thought it was like a calf thing at first, but I don't know. And, you know, we'll see. But other than that, no, I, and they have a chance to get healthy now. You know, where is Hunt and his ankle sprain issues? Where is Beasley? I don't know, but – I at least think the offensive lineman sitting in a cold tub for two weeks can't hurt. Yeah. And I think that's the advantage is the, um, uh, well, there's, it's kind of obvious, right? Kenneth Walker has been asked to shoulder a disproportionate amount of a load. So let's, let's, let's chat about that for a second. You know, Elijah Collins, we thought would be the number two back and they'd be a one, two punch. Obviously Walker's been great and they haven't needed Collins, but it doesn't mean that he wouldn't be nice to have. Um, I I know you're, you don't hate Jordan Simmons, but I mean, the the kid is just kind of pedestrian. He goes straight and he, um, you know, he runs up the butt of the, whoever, you know, whatever guard he chooses and then falls down. Um, that's not a kid you can give 12, 15 carries a game and, and kind of balance Walker's load. And you can't close out a game with your backup. If you can't close out your game with your backup running back, you're just going to expose your starter to more and more shots. And what I've noticed in the last couple of games, um, you know, he had that great run against Rutgers, but other than that, he, he's, he struggled to really get the edge against Nebraska, against Indiana. Um, he doesn't have that quite that burst he had against Miami. 
And I think it's the fact that he's he's got to carry the ball 25 plus times a game to close out these games. Um, you know, that those last five, eight carries where the defense knows you're running and they're all climbing on him. I mean, he, he nearly broke that touchdown on the like the first or second play, play after the strip sack. Um, he just didn't have that extra gear that I saw early on. So I hope it's just him, um, you know, working through the pain, you know, he just needs, he just needs, a, you know, a, a week of rest to get back to, to get that, that, that burst back. And, and I hope Collins can come back because they need him. I mean, they really need a number two running back. They, need, they really need a number it. two. They just need a number two. It doesn't matter who it is. Someone's got to take that and run with it. You know, I, I'd even like to see Donovan England get carries if, if they're not gonna, if, you know, if the other two aren't producing. Um, yeah. And, and like you said on Walker, I do think he's banged up. I think he's been banged up since Western Kentucky, actually. And I just, you know, I, I think two weeks of a healthy running back, like not taking big blows. And I'm sure they're, I, Tucker's been great about limiting hits and limiting contact. And I don't know if you saw the uh, tweet about like the reps of the weight room and how every skill position, line position has increased significantly throughout the season. And that's kind of their goal is, you know, throughout the season when you're, you're supposed to be wearing down their, you know, their leg squats or whatever have improved significantly by everyone. Actually, the defensive line is kind of almost an insane amount of improvement. So I'm hoping with that rest and, you know, the nutrition program, they can get him back to 100%. And I mean, honestly, if you do get him back to 100%, you could, you know, you can challenge for this division. Challenge. Challenge. Not win. Challenge. Challenge. Yeah. I mean, the, the most important, the most important thing I think is rested, Walker, you know, and I, I don't know that the offensive linemen are hundred percent either. I mean, there could be someone with, you know, lingering, you know, deep thigh bruise or something that's preventing the push off on, you know, uh, the kickouts for the, um, uh, for the pass blocking, the pass blocking has been pretty okay. Um, or, or, or who knows what, but, but the team definitely looked tired. And I think that's why they were able to jump out to a lot of first half leave leads, um, and they were, you were seeing kind of a second half decline. I think they just ran out of gas and the offense that wants to go with the, for the big plays, you have the receivers running deep routes, fast and sprinting play after play after play. Plus the fact that Naylor and Reed are also, also on kickoff and punt returns. They've got, there's upper end talent on this team, but it doesn't go five and six deep on, on offense. And you're asking these guys to play every snap and play at a, you know, not a breakneck pace, but a decent pace. And then you're asking the defense to play, to, to face you know, 70, I think on average 78 or 82 plays a game. I mean, that's just a lot of snaps that they're seeing. And, and until, you know, this year, this program really kind of relied on ball control, slowing down the game um, and, and shortening the game. And, and Tucker's kind of brought in a philosophy and that, you know, go, go, go pace, pace, pace. It's worked out, but um, you know, you definitely saw the guys fading against teams that I would argue have, you know, lesser talent than, than state. Um, so I'm, I'm proud of them for getting it out against Indiana. I think, I think they, they have a well, well, well deserved break. Um, quick shout out to Quivarius Crouch, who I thought was like one of the best players on defense against Indiana, really, really becoming a bright spot. He had 13 tackles. I don't know if you saw that or if he stood out. Yeah. I mean, uh, he always stands out to me. Now I do think he gets lost still. And he did have a few plays where I thought he got really lost, but he does, he does make what, what, what he lacks in, you know, maybe not understanding the scheme. He completely makes up for some of these huge plays, but there was a few, he got ju- Jack Tuttle juked him out of his school, shoes one time. Yeah. That's not a, pr- not, not a uh, proud moment, but no, I, I think, no. I, but, but he, the kid gives it his effort. I mean, he, he, he is a fighter. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of him for sticking through it. Um, again, you know, it just shows you that the, the team doesn't have, you know, world class depth yet, but you know, it's really year one, year two, you know, year one where he can, where Tucker's had a chance to shape the roster. Um, he's really maximizing what he's got. And I think that's what's got, that's what, that's what has everyone's attention. A caveat being this, and I agree with Payne and making the coach, almost anyone can catch lightning in the bottle. I mean, PJ Fleck, um, you know, Charlie Weiss did it. Brady Hoke had an 11 and two season his first year. Um, you know, you're seeing a little bit of that first year bump where, where the new coaches, um, all the nice things that, you know, all the nice things and believe, no one believes in us. We can do this, um, comes true and you end up with a, um, 
you know, a much better result than the prior years. Um, you got to be able to sustain it. You got to be able to build a program and can Tucker do that? That's why I think he, you need to give him, not only do you have to give him five years, but I think other programs that are looking to hire him want to see him actually build a program. I mean, MSU took a, took a shot on him. Um, they were kind of desperate. I think if, if D'Antonio had retired the way he had planned, Fickle would be our coach. Um, and so it, it may be a very lucky coincidence, but I, the real, the real test of a guy is, is in his, is five years. I mean, I, I that, that's yeah. my opinion. No, I'm with, I'm with you hundred percent. Now this is probably my green glasses, but you know, do I think this is different? I, I do. I do think it's different than the PJ flex or the Charlie Weiss's. And that's because of, I, you know, and I know the role of the boat, but like the culture change, like I thought Charlie Weiss was extended far too early in a season where they didn't really do too much. And a lot of times it's like when those coaches come in that second year, they have players from the program still there. And then they finally get their own recruits around. And then it kind of changes kind of like a Ryan day type situation where, you know, not that he's not a good coach, but he's now getting into his own recruits and, you know, all lo and behold, they might be having some defensive problems. Um, so I, I think that the thing that Tucker did is this is kind of his roster, even though it's year two. I mean, uh, what is it? Sixty percent new. Sixty. I know we've talked about this a million times. No, I do think it's like a, it's like forty something. From when? From not this year, but from the day he started. Is it forty mm-hmm. something only? Okay. So I mean, that's still pretty significant, more than any other coach, and that's why I do give him a little more credit for that quick turnaround versus the bump. Uh, I it's it's got to be my green glasses. I mean, it, the jury is out, but I mean, I like where I sit right now. Okay. I mean, look, I, I, I don't want to see him walk. I'll put it that way. And if that's yes, what it is, yes. look, you know, I, I certainly think, I think, I think States got something good. And it's, sometimes the way you can tell that is if, is if you're, um, do your rival, are your rivals excited to see them go or, you know, kind of sad or ambivalent. And, um, I, I think, you know, just seeing the U of M fans kind of be very glad that, that Tucker is being talked about for these positions. Um, it kind of tells you exactly where the mindset is of, of other fan bases. Um, and they, they see, they see him as a threat, even as they denigrate the state's record and everything else and talk about the past defense and whatever. Um, you know, um, just a couple of season end or mid season awards. Um, I think the offensive MVP Obviously, is Walker. Um, I actually, I actually disagree. I actually think it's Reed. I think it's um, Peyton Thorne. So I agree, disagree as well. Okay, really? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get why you'd say Reed with all the numbers. I think none of this happens without you know Peyton Thorne throwing the ball. I don't think we'd be in the same plot spot with Russo. I think that Peyton protects the ball. I mean, his numbers outside of that, my the Indiana game skews him a little bit. Were kind of cartoonish. It's like 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, that's that's like video game numbers for some of these guys for a redshirt freshman who commands the team well and doesn't really make mistakes that often. So, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was Peyton Thorne, honestly. Uh, what do you – so you think it's Reed for, over Rocker. Why? Just because punt returns? No, I'm wrong. It, it's it's got to be it's got to be Walker because the threat of him opens up everything else. You know, State hasn't had a run game for years. I, I'm wrong. I'm I'm I was more just trying to start a start something. It, it's oh, I'm sticking with Thorn. I'm sticking with Thorn. Yeah, but 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 Thorn Thorn can't make it happen on his own. And and when you see teams shut down Walker, Thorn hasn't had great games in response. You know, Thor, he, he throws four, you know, Thorne throws what four touchdowns at Miami, but Walker has like 173 yards and 6.8 yards of carry. Um, you know, Walker gets shut down against Nebraska. Thorne only throws what, you know, he goes one touchdown, one interception. Walker gets relatively shut down against Indiana. Thorne, one touchdown, two interceptions. When, when, when Walker gets a couple of first downs or a couple of those big, you know, not even big, you know, the 12, 15 yard chunks uh, where the defense has to cue on him early. Then the passing game opens up and Thorne and Thorne hits his shots. Thorne hasn't shown the ability to throw, to open up the run yet, which is a look that's next stage of his, of his maturation. And it might happen as early as against Michigan. I don't know, but I haven't quite seen that. And I didn't really expect it this year either, 
but I haven't seen that next level quarterback play from him where, where he can really put the team on his back yet and, and fight out of a, a, of a tough situation. I mean, he tends to go as the, as the, um, you know, he gets hits a, hit a couple times. He gets a little rattled. He checks down a little bit. His passes are a little off, though. I, I will agree. Against Indiana, he, he his receivers really hurt him more than I think he played bad. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. A defensive MVP? Uh, oh, it's Henderson. I, that's not even a question, in my opinion. I Ooh. think Henderson has, from the beginning, led the team. I mean, I feel like he leaves the team in tackles every week. He does. He does. Uh, he, I, 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 he's the, I think he's the team leader. He's the only one who's been a captain every week. I think there has been some really nice surprises, and we've talked about that a little bit, but I have been so impressed with – I mean, he's going to be a Sunday player, and that's not something I always believed in him. So I, I've been very impressed with him. I mean, I, I, I kind of want to give it up to the defensive line as a group because, oh, my God, I mean, they have been – I mean, truly excellent all year long. Yeah, uh, really, and 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 led led by Jacob Slade, who I mean, he, numbers don't do don't do him justice. He he's a monster. He is he's as good. He's every bit as good as as senior Mike Panishuk was, if not if if not a little better. I mean, yes. he is collapsing pockets. He's chasing the quarterback. He had one of these. He's he's not very fast on that fumble recovery and run back. Um, but he is a. Uh, a great, I mean, he's just a great player. I mean, I guess there probably isn't an individual defensive lineman that's really had the impact that Henderson has. I mean, um, Panishuk, Panishuk, it's tough to not look at him and say, those are some big numbers he's putting up when it comes to rushes and hurries. And But I agree as a whole, I think it's Henderson. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, um, the nice thing is you're actually seeing playmakers at every level of defense with Henderson in the secondary. I was going to say, we didn't even talk about Halliday. Right, Halliday, and then you've got, um, you know, obviously all the all the options in defensive line. I mean, you actually have some talent on the defense. So, I, look, we're going to get into Michigan a lot um, next week. A lot. I, I, I talk about it as long as we longer than we probably talked this. I mean, we didn't mean to go for an hour. Um, it's just very exciting to to be at this stage and you've survived. And we talked about it before that you know the indiana and rutgers games it's nice that they mean something because you have so much at risk if you lose you've passed the test this is the reward you get two weeks get healthy get those ice baths you know take the epsom salt baths um you know go find the cbd oil if you can do it or if that's even allowed i don't know um you know align your chakras i don't know whatever whatever the kids do these days um and go absolutely all out on Halloween in Spartan Stadium. Make that make that the Wolverine House of Horrors. I mean, just be ready to go. And you you win that game. You win that game. I look. I, I obviously being undefeated, the sky's the limit. But but you win that game. The narratives, the implications. I mean, it it is it is the biggest MSU U of M game since 2015. I think yeah. from, 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 from a perception perspective, no, no question, no question. So, and, and that's, that is something we weren't saying at the beginning of this year, something we didn't expect to see for a few years. And honestly, I, you know, I, I know we keep saying it and we talk about trajectory of the program. We talk about, I mean, this, that game can get you to a Rose bowl. And uh, we were t- maybe talking about it a little bit off beforehand, but, Mel Tucker, second-year head coach, wins a Rose Bowl. Uh, okay, I mean, <laughs> what? We wouldn't say at the beginning of this year we were hoping to get into maybe a warm bowl. So there is a lot to play for in this game, and whew, it gets me a little excited. Well, you—I mean, look—you—you you, you win that game, ten and two's in play. With you're absolutely right. New Year's six, um, ten and two. I mean, eleven and one's really in play. Eleven and one's in yeah, play. Pet, who knows what's going on with Clifford and um, and Penn State because they're a different team without him. Um, and I don't, I don't, I don't say that as a good thing. I, I actually thought Sean Sean Clifford is a heck of a player, and I feel really bad that he's hurt. Just from a football perspective, um, you know, they they are clearly a different team without him and and vulnerable. I think they have a fun, the best defense in the conference. Um, so that game being senior day at MSU could be. Um, you know, it could be very exciting, but again, they all count one. You got to get to, you got to get past Michigan first. And um, I'm just happy they get to the bye week at seven and zero. 
Do you have any parting thoughts before we? Uh, no, no, I wrap am, this uh, up. I'm, no, I'm ex- I'm ex- I, you know I'm glad we do this in the bye week. We are now officially uh, a win a podcast above wins, so I think that's really <laughs> impressive. And no, I'm, I'm I'm very excited for next week. I'm glad we did this the mid season, and I mean, there's five games left, boys and we're boys and girls we're playing uh for everything we want to be and that is something that uh, i mean just cherish these next two weeks because the hate braylon edwards coming out making fun of michigan state like these are good things so just enjoy it if they're talking about us it means that we're bothering them so just enjoy it yep we will be back next week i am so pumped anything you got else or no you ready to, ready no, to wrap it no, up and I'm, I'm you're ready just gonna to go. get spammed you're just going to get spammed by me by text for the next like seven days about different matchups. So, absolutely. All right. Well, go green. Enjoy the week off, everyone, and enjoy the. Um, yeah, it, just watch football. It's stress free. Yeah. Anything? That's exciting. No, got nothing else. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think you know, go green, and uh, we love Ross Els, Dave Warner, and wherever the ghost of Mark Staten is. Oh, Jim Bowman too. Sure. Yeah. Why not? All right. Everyone loves the walrus. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs>